1: Hello everybody and welcome to a Sunday morning emergency pod on the PHLY Eagles podcast from my basement. I am Bo Wolf from his office. That is Zach Berman and we are here to talk about the Eagles filling their vacant offensive coordinator position with Kellen Moore, the former Cowboys and Chargers offensive coordinator. We did not get the reports of the Eagles bringing in 20 different people and picking all their brains. It felt like Kellen Moore made a lot of sense. Uh, I think you could make the case that he is, you know, not Vic Fangio in terms of experience, but in terms of the most plug-and-play option, uh, whether – we I guess we could debate Eric Bieniemy, but uh, Kellen Moore, you know, the PHOY Eagles podcast, if you go back over the past week, for the defensive coordinator episode, we put Vic Fangio on the thumbnail. For the That's- offensive coordinator episode – we put Kellen Moore on the thumbnail. What a call by Julia getting it done. Zach Berman, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. Excited to see you. I appreciate you guys uh, doing this this morning. We perhaps could have done it last night uh, if I was more attentive. But regardless, we'll get to that. We later. We will get to that. We, yeah,
1: yeah. We don't have to start the show with that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's start the show with with this reality that I'm not saying Kellen Moore fixes everything. I'm not saying Kellen Moore is the second coming of Bill Walsh, what I'm saying is that if you're committing to bringing in fresh ideas, this isn't paying lip service to it. This is doing it. This is an offense that looks different than what the Eagles have run, uh, more so in the passing game than anything else. And we'll, we'll – Top 10 I think in this, motion rate, yep, right? Exactly. Lots of
1: middle of the league and under center plays. A couple yes. of things that have been missing from the Eagles offense, Kellen Moore can it's, import.
0: Yeah, the intermediate passing game. You'll see a lot of that. And it's it's someone who, frankly, he's been on the Eagles' radar now. They interviewed him for the head coaching job in 2021 when, when Nick Sirianni got it. Uh, and he's he's an established, experienced play caller, right? So I, I did like the idea of looking at kind of an up-and-coming guy. But we said, like, given the situation that the Eagles were in, they were probably going to prioritize experience on both sides of the ball. Because they're in a, a situation where they need to maximize next year. And they, they kind of need to know what they're getting. And you know what you're getting, uh, at, at least schematically and structurally, with Kellen Moore.
1: Yeah. Uh, to, to me, the most interesting thing here, and I, I agree that both of these hires are, they sort of signal win now, yes. at all cost attitudes, right? And I think we can factor that into what we think they're going to do this offseason. But the most interesting thing to me here is, you know, we talked about after the press conference on Wednesday, we had to wait and see who they were going to hire at offensive coordinator to, to see what we really thought the Nick Sirianni allowing somebody else to be the head coach of the offense was going to be like. Now, I'm still not sure that Kellen Moore is that, but. There's no doubt like as opposed to a Gerard Johnson who had worked with Nick Sirianni before and would be sort of building off of what already existed in the offense. I think it's fair to say that this is a absolute indication that Nick is going to be more hands off with the offense than he ever has before. And I read it as a full clipping of his wings by Jeffrey Lurie Uh, that's what came out of those those postseason meetings was you are going to be just focusing on your job as the head coach we are going to bring in people who are going to run the other sides of the ball and nick seriani is obviously going to be involved in crafting the offense and you know putting the structure together but like i i don't think that this is going to be a case where you know jalen hurts doesn't know who's making the play calls on the headset like they're bringing in kellen Moore because as you said like he has six or five years now of play calling experience he has a pretty good track record I think this is an interesting um, situation now for Sirianni, and it, 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 this goes back to like the you know the brutal Tim McManus question. What would you say you do here now? It's going to be interesting now to see how this all plays out.
0: Yeah, I I, I would say that the passing game in in particular is is where it seems Jeffrey Lurie thought the Eagles needed to upgrade, needed that that they were too stale there because the passing concepts here are what interests you with Kellen Moore. I think the running game, uh, it, 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 it certainly wasn't there with the Chargers last year, and he he's not a, a quote-unquote run-the-ball coach, if you will. I don't think the Eagles want that, but what I, I bring this up as a way of saying that what, what Nick said uh, on Wednesday was that they're going to blend some of what they've done with the fresh ideas of the new coach, and I think what you can see them blending here are the running concepts, which I mean, we're strongly assuming. And I I think it's fair to say Jeff Stoutland's back, right? Jeff Stoutland is a big, is a big deal in that building. Jeff Stoutland's the run game coordinator. So Jeff Stoutland continues to kind of uh, uh, bring what he believes in the running game and what Nick Sirianni and the Eagles have used in the running game. And you blend that with a lot of the concepts that Kellen Moore has in the passing game. And you're absolutely correct that that there is no question. I, I don't believe Kellen Moore takes this job if he's running Nick Sirianni's offense. Kellen Moore is someone who would have options. He's he's what 35 years old. Um, he, he has a reputation I, I
1: just I don't want to overstate that a little bit only because there are only so many jobs left. Sure. And like every person who gets hired or interviewed anywhere, the reporters say, Well, like this guy's an unbelievable candidate and he's gonna have options. Like let's 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 walk it back just a little bit. But yes, he's highly thought of.
0: Sure. I, I, I just don't think he's, he's jumping at any offensive coordinator job he can get. Right. It, I I think there's, I think he, he comes here to call the plays to be the, the well, yeah, but he also, he also gets offense. to work
1: with really good talents. That's going to make him that look too. good in theory, right? Like For it, sure. if it was, he, I don't think it's like, this is only Kellen Moore's offense. I feel like this is, he, he's here to be the, oh, the yeah. main but, stir in the drink, yeah. but there are going to be lots of different components.
0: No, I I agree, but I I don't think he he takes this job like to learn from Nick Sirianni's offense, right? I think he he takes this job to call the plays to be to be the guy. So this is not just a different face and name in the title. I I think this this is a different offensive approach.
1: I think so too. Um, there are a few things that are uh, not missing, but unproven about his, but like you know, he hasn't worked with a. Uh, a running quarterback per se. Uh, So I'm interested to see how that all plays out. And And we've talked about,
0: and Herbert can move too, but
1: yeah, yeah, but then I'm basing the offense and it's not a major part of the offense. Of course they can move. You can't play quarterback in the NFL now without being able to move. But uh, I think that I don't even know where I was going to, where I was going to go. I'm off track now.
0: I apologize for, for interrupting there. You, You were talking about how he hasn't worked with a quarterback like Jalen hurts before.
1: Well, yes. And so we talked about like the most important thing of this offseason and the whole reason that they're like restructuring things is to get the most out of Jalen hurts. And so uh, I'm, you know, that's that has to be the way that they are approaching this. And so you know, Kellen Moore is bringing some interesting background. What do you make of the, you know, the Eagles have said in the past that they have like learned their lesson about bringing in Cowboys? Like ex cowboys, yeah. because like they those guys come in and they get looked at weird in the locker room, and it's just never a, a good fit. What do you feel about the the cowboys aspect of this?
0: I don't put much onto it. Uh I mean, first off, he's a he's a, a year removed, and I think it's it's more kind of the the uh, the up and coming coordinator part of it than the cowboys part of it. But I I see what you. I, and I also think it's a, it's it's a little different with coaches. I mean, do Eagles fan and and those in the chat chime in, when you think of Kellen Moore, do you think of, of like Dallas Cowboys? Um, I mean, do you think yeah. like you're- I think of the Statue of Liberty play and then I think of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I am curious though, speaking of the Cowboys, how much you thought you put into this. And this is something we talked about the other day when we first uh, discussed Kellen Moore was that the, the Cowboys got better after he left statistically. And the Chargers didn't have- the season they were hoping for. Now, Justin Herbert was out the last four games. Mike Williams goes down early in the season. Uh, I mean, uh, uh Keenan Allen dealing with injury. So he did not get the arsenal offensively that he expected with the chargers. Nonetheless, sometimes you, you got to raise the play of everyone else. Like the, the, well, the, so I was talking Cabos, to, I was oh,
1: talking to, I think I can, it's okay to say I was, yeah. uh, exchanging some messages with friend Duffy about this. Uh, The like the 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 Cowboys offense getting better this year is a little bit of a red herring because they were not good in the beginning of the season. And Mike McCarthy sort of went back to the things that they had been doing under Kellen Moore. And that's when they started to get better. And so, like, it's his structure that was still existing
0: in that offense. That's a good answer there. Uh, And and then when you just kind of look at at the way he plays, obviously, the Eagles have terrific personnel with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, but he does, you know, utilize that third receiver more than what the Eagles have used in the past. Right. So if you're just looking at, at what they need to do this off season, um, I think upgrading that number three spot, because, uh, this look, if, if they went cliff Kingsbury, cliff Kingsbury, he's known not to use the tight end as as much. So you, so you're like, all right, personnel wise, how does this kind of work? Um, certainly I, I think with, uh, with Kellen Moore, that number three, that number three wideout needs to be a dynamic part of the offense, and it can't just be AJ and Devontae all the time.
1: It can't, but it can't be Dallas Goddard.
0: Oh, sure, it it can. But I'm saying, in terms of you know the way he he utilizes eleven personnel, uses you know you know uh, spreads the field, and in, in terms of the the uh, the the target distribution. Now that said. He, you had, you have a great combination here. You have to coach to your, uh, you get to coach to your personnel. But I would anticipate the Eagles upgrading that number three spot this offseason.
1: Yeah. I think judging from the outside without having all of the information, if they were not going to be curious about a college type coach who was going to really bring like fresh, fresh ideas, mm-hmm. uh, like Kellen Moore's ideas are fresh to the Eagles offense, but they're well known around the league, right? Like he's, he's been coordinating an offense for five years now. If they weren't willing to do that, to play that patiently on offense, I think that he would have been one of the two people who was a very good hire from just judging from the outside, along with Eric B And we don't know what what the the deal is with him, uh, if he is not allowed to interview elsewhere, because the commanders have not filled that job. But like, you know i think this is better than uh like an arthur smith or something like that um i i do think that like the three head coaches in the building might have been a little bit of a weird personality dynamic and so yeah i mean on paper i think you got to be pretty happy about this from the eagles perspective and it also sort of feels like um like we were talking about the eagles hiring of vic Fangio was like But to bring in the time machine, like if they could just go back in time to last offseason and had hired Vic Fangio instead, I think there's a little bit of that here where like if they had been able to start the job market from scratch last year after Kellen Moore was hired, they might have hired Kellen Moore over Brian Johnson. Right. And then they think in their minds, if we had had just two competent, good coordinators, maybe our season would not have gone off the rails so much. And so let's let's see how that plays out this year.
0: I disagree with that last point. Because I I don't think there was this type of commitment to fresh ideas, to use the the buzz term from the press conference, and they did not want to lose Brian Johnson a year ago. And if it wasn't Brian Johnson, it would have been Kevin Pitolo. I think what, what I think they were committed last year to taking what their their offensive structure and and kind of perfecting it, you know, bringing it to the next level this offseason. I, I think they were humbled offensively. Especially late in the season, and that's where the the idea of uh, of of fresh ideas came. I don't think they they would have said last year, let's bring in, let's bring in uh, Kellen Moore to run the Nick Sirianni offense.
1: I am speaking of from Jeffrey's perspective, okay. not Nick's perspective. Obviously, okay. Nick, I mean, and Nick had the juice last offseason. Sure. He's the one who took them to the Super Bowl. So yeah, he's not going to bring in somebody who's not going to run his offense. But I think Jeffrey canvassing the league would have considered Kellen Moore like the top offensive coordinator on the market at that time.
0: Yeah, I I think when when the Eagles look at the passing game, you know the term stale. How does that apply? Okay, I think they I think their view was that there was a lack of creativity, so that's where you bring in things like pre snap motion, which the Eagles were less in the league in, and in, in, in which Kellen Moore, that numbers out there, Seth Walder from ESPN. Uh, from ESPN showed all the data that they're eighth in the, the, the charges were eighth in the league in pre-snap in, in pre-snap motion. Um, you you talk about the Eagles answers against the blitz. You had the, the number in your piece the other day that the, the Cowboys two years ago were number one, in success rate against the blitz, okay. I think when the Eagles look at the stale offense, one thing they they viewed is that it was too reliant on explosive plays. You look at how Kellen Moore attacks defenses; they're going to utilize um, the short and the intermediate game. They they need to with more success than what the Eagles had this past year. They won't just be re- they won't just be reliant on throwing downfield. Uh, so I, I I think that the fresh ideas part of this. When I say it's a big hire, I'm not saying that Kellen Moore is the answer to everything. What I'm saying is that he brings in different ideas than what they've used. And when you talk about modernizing the offense, and I don't like, I I don't mean to say they did not have a modern offense, but some of these concepts that you're seeing are in vogue around the league. Kellen Moore has proven that he uses that in his system.
1: Now, if you talk about some of the downsides, um, uh, I apologize because I don't remember who sent it along, but, but somebody sent over the piece that Bob Sturm wrote for the athletic yep. after Kellen Moore, uh, had been let go by the Cowboys about some of the things that that did go wrong. And one of the points was that what often happened to them in those seasons was they came out hot. And then as the season went on, it felt like they had been solved and they didn't have a second plan. Like they didn't That's have a plan B, which is exactly what happened to the Eagles over the course of the last two years. Right. And so, uh, Steve cleft, thank you to Steve cleft. Um, so, I mean, that's just a, uh, that's just one person's opinion and that's like just a, a, a piece of information, but yeah, that's, that would be not ideal.
0: And, and also in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, like the, uh, the Jonathan Gannon, um, the Jonathan Gannon criticism on the offensive side and, and Bob Sturm had it on the, on that piece is they light up the scoreboard against like bad defenses but they're more susceptible against good defenses. And then when the Eagles defense say, you say, well, of course the, you know, the top quarterbacks always do that to opposing defenses. But, um, you know, if you just look at their playoff exits under Kellen Moore, one thing that that, that you heard is, and Bob Sturm wrote this, is being vulnerable to those good defenses.
1: Culpa. Corey tells me that it was Jared Zabransky who was the Boise State quarterback.
0: It not, was. Not I. I yeah. You didn't want to correct me? I did not I did not want to correct you there, but he was I appreciate that. He was more successful. Like he was at Boise State, his teams were incredible, right? They they kind more of more up. A notch.
1: I see what you did there.
0: Uh yes. Um yeah. You're in, for, you're in for a long year of more puns, I'm afraid. I can't I can't wait. Um I don't know if Cone Moore would have been like my top guy at the start of this. Again, I do think that what you kept emphasizing is how I would have done this. I would have spoken to a lot of different people. I wouldn't have, you know. I, I think you you made the from quote, all we know right? they've only talk, only three interviews have been yeah. reported. Uh, but I I think that if there's someone that you like, you can't wait on them. These seats are starting to get filled, right? So you have to act quickly if he's the guy you like. But I I did like what you said that on the offensive side of the ball, talk to as many people as you can. Don't be in a rush. I think you even said that if they had to hire this this weekend, you wouldn't be yeah uh, particularly enthralled by that and like so if if you're talking to cliff kingsbury gerard johnson and kellen moore and you decide that's sufficient then i i think you could have expanded that search more the flip side to that is if you went into the search with kellen moore as your top target and you had to wait for the charger situation to uh, get settled out or to get sorted out because someone said for instance Uh, Like, the Chargers didn't keep him. Well, they hired Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was bringing in his own staff, right? Um, So, Harbaugh hired this week. Kellen Moore becomes available. I don't think Kellen Moore was available to to interview elsewhere, uh, like, uh, two weeks ago. I I think that the Chiefs' situation had to get sorted out first.
1: I think I sort of read this at, like, the the eagerness to go out and just lock in Kellen Moore. It's a little bit similar to the Fangio where— you are in theory building in a high floor, right? Uh, Like this shouldn't be a disaster. I don't think they were willing to invite that that low Mm -hmm. variance. And I don't know that I agree with that. But the way that I sort of read it is the roster is king, right? I think that is how the Eagles view this. We have talked about like they don't view the head coach as the most important piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, you can, to some degree, the head coach is fungible and what they want is somebody to get what like should be gotten out of the roster that they have. And that is probably at least on offense, not what happened at the end of last season. I think that's what they are. They are sort of searching for here is a, like a, 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 a tier above competency that's going to get out what needs to be gotten out of it. And it's like the thing we talked about on on the flip side in the locker room. Like if the players, if part of what collapsed at the end of the season was the players no longer believed that the coaches could put them in position to succeed. I think they want to just make sure that they are clearing that bar at the most basic level.
0: You're right. And, you know, I I think to build upon that, they particularly want to maximize these wide receivers. Now you can counter AJ Brown had the best season of his career right? Devontae Smith could have had a better season, should have had a better season, but still had, you know, a thousand plus yards. Um, But I, I, I think when they look at AJ at at AJ Brown at Devontae Smith at Jalen hurts, they're saying, and when I say they, it's, 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 it's really, you know, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, how do you maximize these pass catching weapons that they have? You've documented this well. Jeffrey Lurie views – Jeffrey Lurie views things through the spectrum, through the prism of the passing game. He wants a dynamic passing offense, okay? Um, Kellen Moore has brought dynamic passing offenses. The Eagles have made major organizational investments to get A.J. Brown, to get Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard is entering a critical year here, age 29, okay? Jalen Hurts, they paid him $255 million to be their franchise quarterback, Okay, what what they want is this passing offense to be maximized, and that is the type of offense you get with Kellen Moore.
1: And there is also like this is not a, a total um, marriage of like opposite philosophies. Like there is connectivity between what the Eagles have done on offense and what Kellen Moore does. Like it, there's you know Kellen Moore can be RPO heavy as well. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't think it's a crazy melding. But it's it's going to take a lot of work this offseason, and they have, you know, the good news about getting eliminated early is they have more time to do it than yeah. they did than they did last year. What does do you the make Run up? game
0: stuff bother yeah. you? Or does the run game stuff concern you? No. Okay.
1: Um, the thing that I'm curious about is the Jalen of it all. Okay. And we didn't really get an answer on that at the at the end of the season, like. Is that still supposed to be a big part of this offense? You know, we didn't pay him more to do less. Well, that's not exactly how it played out over the course of the season, whether that was injury related or not. Um, I'm curious if that remains a major part of the offense. But in terms of like run pass balance stuff, and he didn't run the ball that often, that doesn't bother me at all.
0: And and just no, well, I, I go back to what I said at the top of this that I think they view their offensive infrastructure, the, the, the run game infrastructure they already have as sufficient. And yes. in particular, Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line, presumably without Kelsey next year, but still with major investments across, you know, from left to right on the offensive line, they've proven over the past few years that they think they can just add a running back. And my guess is that's, is that's what they do again. And that in, 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 you have Jalen Hurts as a factor in the running game too, but I I do think uh, they're viewing this like Jeff Stoutland and the running game. You can bring those run game concepts and melt them, blend them with the Kellen Moore passing game concepts and Kellen Moore's play calling, yeah, and, and his play design. So I, I I think that and you know Nick Sirianni's made this point in the past and it's probably as pronounced more too here because there's a difference between. The playbook and the play calling, right? And the play calling, you could argue, needed to work for the Eagles last year. But I think the Eagles viewed the playbook, the philosophy, the scheme needed to change. And that's where Kellen Moore brings a different element is that uh, uh, philosophically, structurally, it looks different.
1: And I agree with that. Don't you? Like the the yeah. menu was the problem, not exactly. the, not the sequencing, not the ordering.
0: Yes. Agreed. And that's why when we talk about uh, that Brian Johnson, I don't know if scapegoated is the the term, but like Brian Johnson got a tough deal. Brian Johnson was calling from the menu provided to him and like the big picture Eagles perspective here. And it goes into the big question going into keeping Nick Sirianni. Is he surrendering the offense? He already surrendered the play calling. He didn't surrender the offense. I think this is surrendering the offense. I
1: think so, too. Uh, What do you make of what this means for the rest of the offensive staff?
0: Yeah, so we already saw um, it's, it's been reported in a few places. Alex Tanney free to um, look elsewhere. So a new quarterbacks coach. Uh, I can see potentially a new wide receivers coach, right? And I, I mean, I think Jeff Stoutland's back. I think Kevin Patuao's back. I don't have a strong uh, feeling on, on on how this might affect Jason Michael or how this might affect Jamal Singleton, but uh, I I would assume that the quarterback coach and the uh, wide receiver coach. There's some changes there at, at quarterbacks coach, uh, Doug Nussmeier, someone who's worked with Kellen Moore in Dallas and in, uh, and with the chargers, he was a play caller in college, worked at Washington worked at Alabama, worked at Michigan, right? It was a big deal when Michigan hired him away from Alabama. Um, he worked at Florida. So he's someone who, who has, you know, coordinator experience, if they do bring him in as the quarterbacks coach, now I, on one hand, I, I do think a coordinator should have say, and who's kind of working for him because he's in charge of the offensive staff. On the other hand, I don't like the idea of just hiring a bunch of guys you've worked with before, or doing that. I I, I think you have a chance, especially at like positions like quarterbacks coach, where you identify someone up and coming and similar to what the Eagles did with Brian Johnson. And we talked about this with Denise the other day. I wrote about this. There's, there's not an offensive coordinator in place now who was in place during the 2021 season. So if Kellen Moore is good with the Eagles, chances are he's interviewing somewhere else to be a head coach this time next year. And chances are the Eagles must replace him. Uh, And I know the internal pipeline doesn't always work. Right. But um, that's where the pipeline of like quarterbacks coach could be beneficial if and that's why I'm saying don't just hire someone the offensive coordinator is comfortable with. Hire someone you think has 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 trajectory in his career and is someone who can help maximize Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. Like, are they going to try to do like if they're going to hire Mike Caldwell or Joe Barry as linebackers coach, right? Mm-hmm. Would they do the same thing and try to really have this like loaded staff? At, like, would would Byron Leftwich want to be a quarterbacks coach um, for a year? Is that is that too many cooks in the kitchen? Is that too many like uh big personalities? I don't know. Um, but I'm curious to see how they try to how they try to fill it.
0: Yeah, and and that's kind of the next piece of this equation. Past White
1: Especially. was on the staff. That would be fun.
0: Yeah, look From at that. Yeah, you can you you put the wildcat in.
1: You can get all these all these good former uh, college quarterbacks. And it also it also tracks with what um what Nick said in that press conference about the coordinator is going to be working with the quarterback, right? Sure.
0: And it, it it tracks too with what the Eagles have historically liked to do, which is, which is hire someone at offensive coordinator who has the quarterback background. And I keep saying like Brian Johnson fit that criteria as, as well. I, I, I don't want this to come off as, as like, uh, you know, the Eagles viewing Brian Johnson as the problem last year. I think you framed it well, that the menu was the problem. And so you bring in someone who has experience putting that menu together and calling plays from it.
1: Super chat here from uh, Michael Bennett's dad buys double burger and fries. Um, Am I the only one who thinks these hires are out of character for this team? Retreads are the antithesis of Jeff's historical model. I will let the Lurie historian take it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually disagree. I mean, at the head coach level. Yeah, but but not at the coordinator level. A matter of fact, their best coordinators have been, you know, former coordinators elsewhere. Frank Reich was an offensive coordinator elsewhere. Shane Steichen, actually both of them came from the Chargers, coincidentally enough, right? Just like Kellen Morris. is. Shane Steichen, Frank Reich were offensive coordinators elsewhere. Jim Schwartz, the Eagles won a championship with him. He was a defensive coordinator and a head coach elsewhere. Uh you know, Jim Johnson isn't well he, he, he wasn't like the young up and coming defensive coordinator and i think he did have an experience he had experience as a defensive coordinator when the eagles hired him so no i think at the coordinator level this actually fits what jeffrey has looked for he hasn't looked for that in, in, in at the head coaching level but definitely um at the coordinator level because one thing that he he wants is to have that that i mean when i say dynamic coaching staff it sounds kind of like uh you know they're you know, like their buzzwords there but he wants a strong coaching staff and typically one way to have a strong coaching staff is to have people who maybe were a level up elsewhere or were at that level elsewhere and needed to change the scenery or need to come down a level and that's where uh they've had a lot of success in that role
1: greg Olson, possibility not the tight end announcer the yeah seahawks quarterbacks coach
0: but pep hamilton um, I like a pep Hamilton. Yeah. Although,
1: you know what? that will be a good one.
0: Like, uh, I, I, I've, I've always dig these, uh, Joe person stories in Carolina. Um, and you see kind of like how messed that Carolina situation was last year. McCown. Josh McCown. Yeah. So I was going to say Josh McCown someone who's like really well thought of inside that Eagles building. Right. They've talked to him about coaching on their staff before. Um, perhaps he's someone you identify as a quarterback's coach because i know it didn't work out in carolina last year but you say that was a weird situation or they could
1: just you know stash him on the practice squad and let him coach from there
0: (laughs) they've done that before haven't they
1: yeah uh here's my uh here's my kellen moore take Mm -hmm. i'm afraid to say this i think he looks more like me than arthur smith does
0: I disagree.
1: I think he looks like, you know, Joe Dolan. Uh, Yeah. I I think he looks like the uh, the love child of me and Joe Dolan who never grew up because he's still got the doughy face. But
0: (laughs) if you want to run with that, sure. Sure. I mean,
1: I don't want to run with it. I don't like it. I I mean, I'm more attractive. There's no doubt about that. But
0: no, Zach Robinson. But
1: you see, you you keep (laughs) misconstruing this. You keep saying that I thought that Zach Robinson was handsome. And I'm not against saying that he's handsome, but the story is that he was the talk of the <laughs> building because everybody else was talking about how handsome gotcha. he was, not me.
0: Yeah. So that's yeah, you know, that's that's the old reporter trick. People say, you know, you, you go up to the press conference, people say you're off. Listen, do standing. I have I'm a, not saying it, but do I have are an issue?
1: It. Do in your experience, do I have an issue saying when a man is attractive?
0: D'Amico Ryan's his restraining order against yeah. you would suggest that's uh, not Exactly. exactly. No. And so yes. this is not
1: me skirting responsibility <laughs> okay. and calling yeah. him attractive.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and, but I in, in terms of Zach Robinson, like I, I do think that's kind of why – I think Zach Robinson getting hired is an example of why you might want to act swiftly if you think you, you have your guy because these seats are starting to fill. And look, there are only – two head coaching jobs still out there actually no only yeah uh you know this the Seattle job um these these seats are are filling quickly and and kellen Moore someone who if he has if if he wanted to be in an OC next year uh and he had options those you know he's he's not gonna wait around too often so that's what I uh that's why I, I that's my read on the timing of it but I still like the idea I've talking to a bunch of different coaches.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that my general takeaway is that we we can infer from the way that they ran this process that the goal on offense was not to bring in the freshest, like looking offense around sure. and like really really infuse all of these brand new ideas and chase, you know, really high upside. I think the plan was, let's get to a high floor, let's get the best known quantity out there, and let's just get it done.
0: Yeah, and you know he's look the the Cowboys part of it. I, I kind of dismissed the question earlier, but one thing I do look at with the Cowboys part of it is that he's he's dealt with big personalities. He's dealt with really talented players. Okay, he's he, he's dealt with like top of the league guys. Um, you know, he's he, you kind of reference like the babyface, if you will, but he's commanded a, a room with like bona fide all pros and guys who who have personalities and big presences and he has uh handled that decently so that's where i say like the experience part of this matters and a matter of fact i saw a clip on social a few days ago of uh it was like des bryant's tirade in the locker room i don't know if you saw this Uh, this was yeah and like jason witten was in a scrum and like left the scrum the figure but but anyways in the in the background it was Kellen Moore's locker because Kellen Moore was the backup quarterback at the time, and his locker was like next to Des Bryant, right? So he is he has been around top players ever since he got into the NFL, and I I uh, I go back in my archives, and the archives are just like every coordinator coach transcript that he, the Eagles have had. So it's it's not as if like I have the national archives here, right? Um, and uh, you know I type in Kellen Moore, and it comes up Jim Schwartz press conference talking about the t- when Kellen Moore was his backup quarterback with the Lions. And I, I bring that up because look, he was he was behind Matthew Stafford. He was with Calvin Johnson. Okay. So you're talking about um someone who ever since he's been in the NFL has been around like not just good players, top elite players. And that can certainly help when you're calling an offense that, that has two of the Ten best receivers in the NFL, on it, with a guy in, in Jalen Hurts who was number two in the MVP voting two years ago. Uh, I, I do think that's that's beneficial as as well when when you're talking about commanding the room, challenging the guys around you.
1: Uh, to answer the pecknest migrate from Corey, D'Amico, Ryan's, Zach Robinson, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the nest is easy. Obviously, you're nesting D'Amico. That's, I mean, what a what a silly question. <laughs> And then I think you you care more about the migrate here than the peck. I would say I would say I'm migrating Kingsbury, and I will and I'll peck Zach Robinson.
0: Ryan Gosling would be so upset. Why? Isn't that who Cliff Kingsbury is compared to Ryan Gosling? Is he? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Don't you see all those memes of? It's the from the
1: now who's telling on themselves.
0: What movie is it when with Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling? Oh uh, yes, and Steve Carell is in like the The Big Short. Yeah. Is no, it? this no. I think it was. Um, it might. I, I don't know. Steve. Yeah. It, but yeah, it it's the, the, the Steve offense. Carell's yeah, in yeah. like the baggy dag yes. jeans and yeah, and the oversized shirt. And Ryan Gosling looks like Cl- Cl- Cliff Kingsbury.
1: Okay. Um. All right. I think that I will, I will let you and Rich talk a little bit more about uh, yes. the, the killing more fit on the show tomorrow. But I, I do think now that we've we've gone 35 minutes in, we, we should talk about uh, what some people want to talk about. Yeah. Um, tell us tell us how last night went for you.
0: Yeah, I apologize. I did not have this last night.
1: Will you ever be um, sleeping again?
0: My wish is probably no, but yeah. Oh I mean, uh, man, I,
1: all the work that we've been we've been doing.
0: Yeah, last night was Emily an Advil and I PM coming night. on
1: different fronts, trying to get you to to be rested. It all yeah. just backfired.
0: Yeah, last night was uh, was a Advil PM night. No football on for the first time in since the summer. Right when you talk about college and pro football, uh, there was there was nothing on this Saturday. Um, I mean, there was a great NBA game I missed. I, I, I saw the highlights of it. Uh, I had. You know, Emily was out of town yesterday, and so I had a great day with the kids. But I was, I was pretty. They'll tire you out. Yeah, I was, I was pretty tired. And you know, I, I, I did get a uh, a stern. I don't want to say stern talking to. That's, I mean, we're, but like a a stern. You know, you really need to sleep more. Comment this week because the Eagles are out of season now. And you know, there were a few nights when I was either up later or. you know, on on the iPad in in the middle of the night, and so took Advil PM, and uh, I don't want to be like when Les says every time he works out or every time he went on a, a rendezvous wouldn't make a move, but you know these two times I take an Advil PM, and I bring up the Advil PM because once once you take it, you're in a trance, right? You're not getting up in the middle of the night to scroll your phone. You are out cold, uh, and so I was out cold. And the last time that happened that. with with major news was uh, when Doug Peterson contracted COVID, right? So, well, well, not when he contracted COVID, when he tested positive for COVID. I don't know when he contracted it.
1: So, you're um, saying that that it's been three and a half years since you got a good sleep?
0: <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying that those are two times when I've completely slept I slept through news. Now, one thing, I'm, I look, I, I don't want to mischaracterize this. I do or like mischaracterize it. I do like my sleep. I do like sleep, right? Uh, But I'm a light sleeper, so typically when my cell phone's buzzing in the middle of the night, like I will, or I just just like a a lot of people do, I'll get up at one a.m. or two a.m. and look at the phone, and then I'll I'll respond there. I pee then too. What's that?
1: You pee and then too?
0: When you get up in the middle of the night, do I pee? Yeah, I pee in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
1: just saying. So I'm getting, getting older, I got to get up in the middle of the night to pee.
0: Okay, I I mean I, I didn't have to give the full thing, but, but yeah, I, I, Plus, we know I you're not up. sitting down. Definitely not doing that. Stand by that, quite literally, actually. But yeah, definitely not sitting down. Yeah, um, over yourself. But <laughs> what's that?
1: Got to get over yourself. It's the middle no, of the night. That, you're walking over like a zombie. Just sit down, relax.
0: No, I, I mean. No, that's that's no. Uh I'm I will stand on on, on this hill very proudly. Okay. <laughs> what are you so
1: proud about? Uh why is that something to be proud of?
0: Wasn't, I, I shouldn't say proud. I'm, I'm just saying I'm not gonna succumb to the peer pressure of sitting down to to pee. Okay. It's
1: not like mm-hmm. not not manly to sit to pee.
0: It's not a matter of fact. It, it's not a matter of being manly. It's just I. I, I don't know why I'm I'm sitting down the pee like I <laughs> take a load off. <laughs> uh, in any event, uh, yeah, I slept. I slept through the night. Went to bed at like nine thirty. When I saw it this morning. Um, yeah, what
1: was this? A was this like a full heart drop?
0: Nah, it wasn't like honestly. I mean, I I wished I was. I wished I was up at at. You know, uh, 10 o'clock or 1030 when Howard Eskin put that out and then, you know, thereafter when some of the national reporters put that out. Yeah, by and the
1: then way, I, you got to give credit to Howard because uh, people yeah. are – I've seen a couple other like, uh, you know, whoever had it first. No, Eskin had it first.
0: Yeah, yeah. Howard had it first for sure. Yeah. Just like D-Gun had the Fangio thing first, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I mean first off, I wish I had it first, right? I wish I had um, some type of tip on this and then I certainly wouldn't have taken the Advil PM. Um but no, look, the Peterson thing bothered me because we were in like the 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 throws of training camp back then, uh, and you know, this time of year, a Saturday night, uh, championship games the next day, you would think that, you know, you you can, you could sneak in a, a little bit of sleep. But um, look, I mean, I'm I'm happy that uh, you were around this morning, and Joy was around this morning to do the show. I'm excited for the, to talk about this more with Rich Hoffman. I'll have some content on allphly.com uh, this week about it. But, yeah, I, I certainly wish that if if, if I had any um, idea this was imminent last night, then uh, I wouldn't have taken that out of a PM.
1: Good question from Daniel. Do you feel well rested?
0: Well, yeah, I I, I admit the morning after. I, I take I feel like I'm giving Advil PM an ad here, right? I, I mean, you guys should you guys should advertise with us for as much as I'm mentioning it. Um, you should advertise? Yeah, I, I I I'm usually pretty groggy the next morning from it. So uh, when I sent out a few of those tweets this morning, still a little groggy, and mm-hmm. thus um, you know, I I had return staff instead of returning staff. Wish I used the edit function when I saw that, but. My bad. But um, <laughs> but then, you know, I, I went outside for a little. Uh, I had a cup of coffee, and I feel great now, and I'm excited, excited for these games today and for our coverage and for your coverage of the Senior Bowl this week. And what was
1: what was Emily's reaction this morning?
0: She didn't understand why I was, like, annoyed by this. She was like, why did they do this on a Saturday night? That was her reaction. Like, her, she, she doesn't she, – and – I don't think the Eagles planned for this to get out last night. I just think that's when I think they they made their decision and decisions came out.
1: Mm, there you go. All right, Zach. Good stuff. How
0: about you? How was your night?
1: Oh yeah, this is. I forgot to. I forgot to say this. So the irony here is that uh, last night I was in your neck of the woods. Oh yeah. Uh, we we were having dinner with some friends who were moving out of uh, Philadelphia. We had dinner in in, in Ardmore. Mm-hmm. I could have just, I could have just gone over to your house and woken you up.
0: That that would have been an experience if you came over and woke me up. I, if you were like Moore's up, I would be like, wait, a, why are you here? And b, just let's, standing let's, let's over let's you, a shaking show. you away. Yeah, 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 Let's do a show.
1: Yeah. You would have had to get past the guards who outside your house, but.
0: No, no guards, you have to get I mean, actually Emily would would be pretty pissed because probably wake up the kids. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> she
1: would be pissed if yeah. <laughs> I was so in your bedroom shaking you awake.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would be pissed about that.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah I, yeah.
0: I said to her, did you did you hear my phone buzz or anything? But that's okay. Next time. Next time.
1: Uh, you you can ask her if I have permission to break into your house next time something like this happens.
0: Be the first thing I'm gonna ask her. Um <laughs> Wait, so let's just real quick, uh because I, I know we're going to wrap this up, but you go to Mobile tomorrow Mobile. Uh, for, for all our senior bowl coverage. And I will do a show tomorrow at, uh with Rich Hoffman, I believe at noon. But I need to run that by Julia first uh, because we, we might have adjusted that time. But then we're going to have a show together most likely on Tuesday. And then you mentioned you and Fran potentially Wednesday. Uh, rich and i will be back on thursday and then we'll we'll wrap it up in person bo and i on friday i'm sorry 2:30 tomorrow there it is thank you julia 2:30 tomorrow uh with rich and myself
1: yes i think i think the listeners can know that like generally speaking we are we are pivoting towards eventually we're going to be noon every day <laughs> this week is going to be a, a little bit different we'll fluctuate a little bit because of the senior bowl travel next the week after that we will be on the scene At the Super Bowl from Radio Row, Uh, I think most of those shows will be at noon, but not set in stone yet. And then starting like March one, or or by the end of maybe post Super Bowl, we're we're going to start locking in noon noon every day.
0: And last question for you: Any advice for me? Last minute advice for uh, we're co-hosts to the show, but but being in the host Uh seat, like um, you know, this is a sit. This is a, a little different. Uh, I see what you did there. You brought it back to the ping discussion. Um, but, you know, when I, I, I've been trying to figure out during the past few days when to quickly shine, like at what point to start the introduction when, you know, the screen grab comes on, the music stops. Well, Julia will tell you. She's
1: still saying mics are hot.
0: Yeah. Well, no, the mics are hot before that. and But then you, but you come on right before we are... Our picture comes on, okay? So right at that moment, and then I, I'm taking us in and out of breaks. Uh, I'm, I've been working on structuring the show. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing how good you are at this. You're going to do a great this. job.
1: you got nothing you. to worry about.
0: I'm not worried. I'm just excited.
1: you got Handsome Rich next to you, too.
0: There you go. Okay.
1: Well, I look forward to listening. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this emergency Kellen Moore pod. Uh, once again, Zach and Rich back tomorrow at 2.30. Stay tuned all week for some Senior Bowl coverage. For I'm curious to see what uh, the Eagles' footprint will be Me down too. at Mobile, if any of these new coordinators will be on hand, as they are also trying to fill out their staffs. So my guess is the coordinators will not be, but something to uh, keep an eye on. We'll let you know. So, for Zach and Julia and rich and the uh chinless love child of joe dolan and myself we thank everybody for listening and watching we will talk to you tomorrow and as always we love you
0: we all silly like the
1: mayor.